Let's talk about microdosing. You know that feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you've relaxed, you're focused, and a little energized? It feels just right, like you're in the zone. Well, microdose can help you not only get into that zone easier, but stay there longer. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I absolutely love how helpful these gummies are. For me, half a microdose gummy during the day helps me really stay centered and really fresh as I get everything done on my list. And they really help me relax in the evenings as well and just be present and in the moment instead of worrying about things from the day or what I have to do tomorrow. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code MinaAF for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. So I wanted to pop in. Um, I really just felt the need to do a quick follow-up after last week's episode on the plastic surgery. I shared some images on social, I shared some information, and it's just so interesting, the feedback. I want to start and say, overwhelmingly, the majority of people commenting are supportive of really whatever makes you happy, whether it's, you know, me getting a tummy tuck or, you know, Billy down the street, you know, wearing fake eyelid, whatever it is. People are overwhelmingly supportive of you do you if it's not hurting someone else. But there were just so many interesting comments as well. Obviously, there's always, you know, the people who are just going to say nasty things. But the ones that were just, I mean, I don't want to say ignorant because I don't think the people are ignorant, but just lacking any information when the information is readily available was interesting to me. Lots of people saying, you know, this is misleading. You're letting people think that, you know, you can work out and look like this. And it specifically says in the post, surgery only gets you so far. Uh, everywhere on my social media page for years, it's been honest. I've been open about my surgery. I've been open about my fitness journey. And these people are making snap judgments. I I guess it like just concerns me for the greater good of the universe whether it's about my personal choice to have plastic surgery or someone else's personal choice they make, that there's so many people in the world comfortable verbalizing their judgment um, in a negative way. It's not even like constructive criticism, but verbalizing their judgment in a way that is unkind, but also completely baseless. So I'm not tricking people. I've been very open. And the information is available. I say, go to my podcast. I will answer all your questions if you didn't follow me previously and see the tons of pictures I've posted along the way. I mean, at one point, I think I shared the video of me taking out my drain. So I just wanted to make note of that. Like, It is 100% okay for everyone to have different thoughts, feelings, opinions, and to share them, particularly on a platform where I put it out there publicly. That's, that's you know, 100% you're right. I just wanted to remind everyone to 
if you're going to engage in the conversation, whether it's about you know my body or politics or religion, A, try to be open-minded and B, just have some information to bring to the table, not just you know, your your random unkind feelings. So if you'd listen to the podcast and if you've been following me and you still have questions or still feel some kind of way, 100%, my choice is not for everyone. But it also, you know, thinking about all these things last night, I've been filming repacks, which is, you know, the, um, I guess it doesn't really matter. I've been putting makeup on every day and I don't usually do that. And thinking through the process of putting makeup on and changing the way my face looks. I like the way my face looks with makeup on. I like the way my face looks with makeup off. I liked myself before I had plastic surgery. I like myself now. I feel stronger and I feel better. But I was trying to figure out where we all draw the line with each other. So, you know, it's acceptable to get plastic surgery if it's reconstructive maybe because you were in a car accident or you had breast cancer. So gauging the acceptability of the choice by how much you suffered before making the choice. And I think it's, you know, obviously very different situations. Having um, reconstructive surgery after a traumatic event is different than just making the choice because you want it. But the, the judgment being different, I guess, is just where I'm confused. You know, we do things to alter our bodies all the time. And deciding where we each decide the line is drawn is our own choice. But I think sometimes we don't think about it in the the big picture. So a lot of these women, all women, you know, it's not men necessarily saying nasty stuff, except one dude did say, my body looked like um, a little boy which, you know, whatever, if uh, to each their own. Um, but mostly women. Those women, do you not wear compression garments because they make you feel nice and snug when you're wearing maybe a fitted dress or a snugger shirt? Do they not put makeup on because they like the way they feel or they like the way they look? It makes them feel confident. Do you dye your hair? Do you curl your hair? Do you put eyeliner on? Is it different? putting eyeliner on every day versus say getting, you know, permanent eyeliner tattooed on, you know, injectables versus an actual surgery. Just all these different levels that I think if you think about in a big picture, it's really just everyone making their own choice in a way to make themselves feel like the best version of themselves. And I think maybe what I guess the way I look at it where I would have any level of judgment would be the motivation behind it. And I don't mean judgment in a negative way. I mean, if you are wearing certain clothes every day or putting on makeup every day or getting a boob job um, for, you know, quote unquote, the wrong reasons, which again is still very subjective, but because you're in an unhealthy relationship and uh, maybe you have a partner saying you have to look like this every day or you're not good enough or you know you're too underweight you're too overweight your your breasts are too big your breasts are too small i think that's where i would feel judgment on the act but not the person i would feel sad for the person empathetic for the person that they're in a situation that's so mentally and emotionally unhealthy that's resulting in this like physical angst so the thing doing the thing isn't making you feel better. 
because it's not coming from somewhere inside you. It's coming from someone else making you feel bad about yourself. So I just, I guess, wanted to do a, a follow-up on that um, because honestly, the, the results were pretty much what I thought they were going to be. Most of the people saying nasty things are the ones who don't know me and don't follow me on social media. Maybe I just you know randomly popped up in their feed. A lot of them obviously didn't listen to the podcast where I talk about all these things. So I just want everyone to, you know, just a nice little reminder to be a little more thoughtful. If you want to engage in a dialogue, try to gather some information and have a productive conversation because I am always down for that. And that's why this podcast is based on your guys' questions, your voicemails. Ask the tough question. Ask the question that you think might be mean or um, you wouldn't say to my face. That's fine. And then let's talk about it and maybe help you guys understand a different perspective because our world is huge and there are lots of different perspectives. So that's, you know, that's my that's my soapbox moment post-plastic surgery episode. And as I said, this podcast is based on your guys' questions. So this episode that we're rolling into now is a handful of your questions from, you know, all over the place. So thank you guys for submitting. Thank you guys for asking the question. And again, all of you out there listening, well, I guess if you're listening, you probably know you can ask the question and you didn't say the silly thing, but you get the point. So let's roll in today's episode of Mina AF. Hey guys, Mina here with Mina AF. A happy Tuesday. Congratulations everyone on making it through Monday. So today I thought I would go through the mailbox and answer some of the questions you guys left. So thank you again to everyone so far who has left a voicemail question. It really is super easy. You can do it on your phone. All you guys have to do is click the link in the show notes and hit record. That's it. So we're going to go ahead and get started. And first up we have Rhonda. Hi, Mina. My name is Rhonda. Um, question, how do you and Steve make time for each other during your busy schedules? And how do you make sure you guys are spending quality time together? It's a really good question, Rhonda. And I think one that has been a challenge uh, more so at different times than others throughout our relationship. Obviously, so we've been married for six and a half years and together for almost 10. So early on, in, before kids particularly, it's it's easy because it's just the two of you. And obviously, having kids just throws more humans in the mix and spreads your time a little bit thinner. But I think one of the things that's really important to honestly talk about before you even have kids with your significant other is your... I guess outlook, I don't want to say priorities because obviously our kids are a huge priority, but your outlook on a relationship, um, how you want to move forward with kids. And I think the, you know, the old airplane saying like you have to put your oxygen mask on first really applies to a lot of things. So not only with us as individuals, like I have to be in a good place. I have to feel like I have something to give, like a cup to pour from or I'm not giving anyone anything good. But also, your relationship needs to be in a good place before I think you can really be the best version of yourself as parents. So making sure that we're spending time with each other and being able to show our kids 
the best example that we want them to see of a loving relationship, um, you know, uh, as parents, as in a relationship with each other. Uh, it was kind of funny even uh, yesterday morning. So in the mornings, Charlie, Charlie is chill. She sleeps. She sleeps till like nine o'clock. Jack is up at 5.30 asking for brown milk, wanting to play, wanting to talk. And we leave for school at about 7, 7.15. And me, Steve, and Jack were all up and in the kitchen. And, you know, Steve came up to give me a hug and kind of like picked me up. So he was, you know, holding me and I had my legs wrapped around him. And he was just hugging me. It wasn't sexual by any means. But Jack was right there. And Jack's like, you know, Steve's hands are on my tush, obviously, because he was physically supporting my weight. And Jack sees that and sees the affection. He's like, oh, I want to I want to touch mom's tush. Pick me up like that, dad. And so to him, that's just normal. Whereas I think, you know, some parents might be uncomfortable showing that kind of affection in front of your kids. To us, it's been really important. So I think because we show that kind of affection in front of the kids, it's easier for us to have that time to be affectionate because it's not like we are putting it in a different box. Like, okay, when we're with the kids, we can't snuggle, we can't kiss, we can't hug. We do all that in front of our kids and we're with them a lot. So making time outside the kids, while still very important, I think for us, doesn't have to happen quite as often. And there's nothing wrong with feeling like you don't want to behave a certain way in front of your kids to each their own. I'm not going to put any judgment on that. But particularly if when you're, you know, during the week, if you're busy, if you're not the type to regularly, you know, show affection um, in front of your children, I think it really is important to make time. We actually, I had an appointment cancel yesterday and I texted him and I said, hey, do you want to go to lunch? We never get to do that. So we just stopped. We went to lunch um, and it was only 45 minutes, but it was just nice to be adults out in the world uh, on a weekday having lunch. And Steve mentioned something. This literally happened yesterday. So this question is very um, opportune timing. But he had heard, he listens to podcasts all day, every day. Makes him as smart as he is. But he was sharing with me this rule he heard that's 777. And hopefully I, I say this right. And there are a million rules. There are a million things you can follow. This was just one. and. Even when he told it to me, we were like, well, that's not doable. But it was every seven days, you should have a date with your spouse. Every seven weeks, you should have uh, like a weekend with your spouse. And every seven months, you should have a vacation with your spouse. When he brought that up, you know, our what we did was we had a conversation about, okay, how can we take the idea of that and apply it to our lives? Um, we very much try to have the once a week date rule. And even if that was this lunch during the weekday, that's great. Uh, it doesn't have to be a get super fancy, dolled up, go to a three-hour dinner, have cocktails, stay up till, I was going to say stay up till 10, but that's probably not late to a lot of people. <laughs> when we have date nights, we go to dinner at 5.30 and we're home by 7.30 and very happy about it. But I do think trying to set aside something once a week, coffee in the morning, lunch during the week, a dinner in the evening, something that's you time is a really good suggestion. The every seven weeks doing a weekend, probably not doable for most people. What we kind of talked about was having not, not necessarily a weekend away, but having an evening 
or in two evenings just without the kids at home. So whether they're staying at my dad's house or um, with uh, our old nanny and her family, they they stay there a lot. So every, at least every seven weeks, which again is just a general idea, have an actual you know, 36, 48-hour stint where the kids aren't there. It's good for the kids, I think. Again, you know, just my personal opinion. I think it's good for our kids to be around all these other people that love them, get different experiences. And it's really good for us to remember, you know, what we like about each other because I think it's really easy to get stressed and bogged down with everything that's happening during the week. Um, So just even if you do nothing, I think – Having some time that's at least an overnight is important. The every seven months vacation uh, seems a little financially straining (laughs) probably for most people. But again, I think it's the idea, even if it's, you know, a weekend staycation or a long weekend getaway somewhere you can drive. The idea is just to be purposeful about the time we make for our spouse with work. You, you know, if you're working a nine to five, like those are your purposeful hours. You are there and you are there to work. We don't have, you know, assigned hours for our relationships. So I think making them and making a structure can be super, super helpful. And that's what we do. And there's ebbs and flows. We can go for, you know, eight weeks where we don't even get a dinner or, you know, we could have two date nights in a week, some weeks. So, um, I think that's probably my best advice is really try to be purposeful. And I'm not going to say don't feel guilty, um, but try to be okay with the guilt you feel for spending time on yourself, on your significant other, and maybe not on whether you do or don't have kids, not on the kids or saying, you know, I I actually don't want to spend time at this event this night, I really need some alone time with my husband or my wife or whatever your significant other is. So being okay with being a little bit selfish because you got to take care of yourself first. So I hope um, that helps, Rhonda. And thank you for the question. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have different stressors, some big, some small that we carry around and that really weigh us down. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to have a negative effect on us. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. For me, therapy has been so helpful really learning those positive coping skills and to be the best version of myself. I know myself better and how to set the right boundaries that really work for me. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MinaAF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MinaAF. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and you can fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, 
you'll always have new flavors to explore. With delicious options from breakfast to dessert, you can stay fueled all day long with easy and nutritious options. Plus, with premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, Factor meals are a real treat. I love the convenience and the variation of Factor's different meal preferences. Whether it's managing calories, maximizing protein, or avoiding meat, crush your goals this May with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Next up, we have Diana. Hi, this question is mostly for Mina. I'm going through renovation stuff now, and it's been really hard. We got a contractor that did such a terrible job in the bathroom, but we already paid him money and everything, but it's just like so bad in there. The tiles are crooked. A lot of the tiles have damage, and I'd like to turn this into a rental property, and I don't know if I should leave it like that or if I should find money somehow to fix it. Anyway, it's been really hard to finding a contractor, so I wonder if you have any help with that. But also, where do I go so I can learn how to do these things on my own? My dad died, and he was really the one that did everything for us, and I wish I paid more attention to him. But that's just not the case, and I really want to learn things on my own so I don't have to rely on people, especially men. First. Not sure if this helps, but you are not even close to alone in this situation. Um, unfortunately, I think the times that people come out with a, an amazing experience with a contractor are far less um, than when they come out with challenges or complaints. Unfortunately, in your situation, it does sound like you've probably already paid them in full. Um, and that so that changes things a bit. I actually right now have a, a rental property and we're redoing the bathroom. So it sounds like probably pretty similar to what you did. And there was one wall of tile up and I came in and saw it and I was like, eh, you put a couple broken tiles up and they're really not laying smooth on the wall. Like I hate to be nitpicky, but you know, I'm spending a lot of money on this and I, it can be done better. And the guy installing the tile said, you know, it's fine. Da, da, da. And then I talked to the contractor who was also there um, and wasn't, I think a lot of people are scared to speak up. And it's your money. You're paying for it. So I think the best is to start from a really good, strong contract point, which I'll kind of circle back to. But at this point, you know, my contract didn't say perfectly aligned tile and, you know, no broken ones. I think you assume those things. But so my contractor, when I walked to the other room, he says, you know, are you really happy with everything? And I said, I'm happy with everything. The tile, I feel like the install job could be a little better. And luckily this contractor said, I'll handle it. And he had him take the tile down, put up new backer board um, and reinstall it. In your situation where you have already gone through the process and paid out the money, if it was your own home, I would say, you know, it's totally up to you. It's if you, you can live with it, if you can look at it every day, obviously I don't have pictures, then and, and it functions. Okay, totally your call. With it being a rental, I guess um, my only question would be what kind of market you're in. 
if it's extremely high end and you're trying to get a really um, competitive rental rate, then you may want to try to find some money to adjust it. But if you are more in, in my situation, which is kind of middle of the road rental, uh, I would suggest letting it be. Um, I'm sure you know if you have rentals that the wear and tear in them can be rough. So going back and perfecting something that you are probably going to have to touch up in, you know, three, five, 10, 15 years anyways, probably isn't the best use of your money right now, particularly with the way you worded it, you know, that you would have to find the money. Um, so as long as you're not going to have water issues, um, water damage, leaking, anything like that, as long as uh, the tile that, you know, if there's a broken piece, it's not something that's going to like cut or bludgeon humans <laughs> in the bathroom, I would leave it as is. Um, and then as far as learning things yourself, I think we all have, you know, shoulda, woulda, couldas. And I hopefully it's helpful to know that I am not professionally trained in anything I do. Most of the things, particularly what you're talking about, is a teachable skill. And for me, what I did, I honestly, I went on YouTube. I watched uh, videos. I, wa I specifically watched videos of how to install tile when I did my first house. And I watched lots of them. And I read the directions with the tile. I read the directions with the tools that came with the tile. And I just took in as much as I could. There are also a lot of the big box stores like Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, they actually do training classes. Um, so you could look locally where you are. Some of the smaller hardware stores might do it as well. But you can come in um, on, on a weekend and they actually have classes where you get you know a piece of backer board and some tile and you go through the motions and practice. If you don't have the ability to do that where, where you're located, you could do it yourself. So you don't want to necessarily take the first step and tile your own bathroom because you don't have the ability to pay to fix it if, if you mess it up. Then find some, you know, scrap material, whether it is buying, you know, a small sheet of something from your hardware store. You can get on like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and get remnant tile um, and just practice and do it until you're comfortable and then try doing it on your own. And I think that can apply to a lot of the different trades, a lot of the different things, particularly when you're working with rentals. I usually use electrical furnaces when we do construction, but one of our rentals has a gas furnace in it. And because I wasn't, <laughs> this feels very like young and dumb of me, but I didn't know how to fix a pilot light on a gas furnace. <laughs> so I just looked it up. I YouTubed it and I was like, okay. And then I went through the steps. Same thing with installing a vanity light watch a couple videos, YouTube videos and say, you know, common mistakes people make when installing, when swapping out a light, when lighting a pilot light. Um, so just really take your education into your own hands. There are definitely more, um, you know, concrete ways that you can learn that. There's trade schools and things like that. But I think for what you're talking about, it really is just being able to service your own needs and your rental needs. So you have a leak on the P-trap in your kitchen sink or on a tenant's kitchen sink, Google it. Figure out how to do it. It's not hard. It just takes some time. And then the materials for that, it's some, you know, it's some PVC pipe. So maybe $5. I'm sorry you had such bad luck with a contractor. I guess circling back on that, I spoke at the Indie Home Show recently and I, I told everyone, I said, if I can leave you with one thing, if I did nothing other than, you know, make you laugh a couple times and leave you with this, this is what I want to do for, for all people um, with your contracts. 
be very, very needy, specific, and annoying upfront. Because if doing those things upfront scares off your contractor, you didn't want them anyways. But uh, the point being, don't sign a contract that says bathroom renovation, $8,500. Have a very detailed contract. And I'm going to use a bathroom as an example. So don't just say demo bathroom. Say demo bathroom down to original stud walls. Tear up subfloor. Replace floor joists. Replace subfloor with three-quarter inch OSB. Um, Install walls with green board or fiber concrete. Um, So being very specific step-by-step. So then the next step would be, you know, uh, repair or replace any rough plumbing that is damaged or not functioning to its fullest. Um, Install tile on all four walls in the ceiling, if that's what you want. Don't just say install tile. Really, really be detailed. And then most contractors want 50% up front and 50% at the end. I have found that a lot of contractors are willing and understand kind of veering from that. So if you say, hey, I've been burned. I gave a contractor 50% up front and they bounced. So I understand that you have materials, things like that you need to get up front. Honestly, any big contractor has enough of a bank that they should be able to buy that stuff on their own anyways. But I still work with smaller contractors and subs that don't have that ability. So what I usually try to say is, okay, this is the whole price. How about I cover the materials up front? Maybe that's, you know, buying the tile directly from Lowe's, buying the tub, buying the drywall, whatever it is, giving them a small piece up front and then contracting out these kind of markers. So once it's demoed, you will get $1,000. Once the rough plumbing is repaired, you get another thousand. Once the drywall, dura rock, whatever it is, you get another thousand. So instead of these date markers, make it based on completion. And then realistically, you know, the contractor shouldn't have a problem with that because they're getting paid as work is done and you're going to feel a lot more comfortable. So you're not out 50% if they start doing demo and then you're, you're really unhappy with the product. You guys can both leave the relationship at any time and be more in a balanced position. So definitely, um, next time, uh, that would, that would be my suggestion. And I'm so sorry for your loss about your dad. Uh, so just take, Take your own education into your own hands, and I feel like you'll be okay. So next question we have is from Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda, and I was wondering, would you recommend Indianapolis as a good place for a young single professional to move to who works from home? That's currently me, and (laughs) I am recently divorced, I guess. I don't know, effective as of last year. So just looking for something to change. I'm right now I'm in Connecticut. That is a great question. And I think with so much that changed during COVID, we saw a lot of that. So many people working from home and obviously I'm biased. I live in Indianapolis. I love it. But the cost of living here is incredible, particularly coming from West Coast, East Coast, um, you you would probably feel rich <laughs> moving to Indianapolis. Uh, my older brother lives in San Francisco, and you know I've helped him look at houses. I've talked through renovations with him, and I joke often I could not afford a pot to piss in in San Francisco or New York or you know any uh, Connecticut. My mom grew up there, and I haven't been back, but pretty sure everything on the East Coast is pretty expensive. So with you working from home and not having uh, a geographical requirement, 
I would definitely suggest Indianapolis. There were so many people in the real estate market that I saw coming in from all over for various reasons, not because they had family here already, um, mainly just because the cost of living. We're not called the crossroads of America for no reason. It's really easy to get to a lot of other places um, by plane, by bus, on our highway system. So it logistically makes sense for a lot of people. And I think that, you know, the biggest, if you're looking for a fresh start, the biggest draw would be a new location and just the cost of living. You would have probably more expendable income to get out and engage in activities where you're going to meet new people. The downtown Indianapolis area um, is is amazing. It's Indianapolis is one of the only cities that has within walking distance of each other our baseball, our football, our basketball, um, and music venues, uh, our museums. It's really quite impressive and I think kind of overlooked a lot for Indianapolis. Um, Good Bones has obviously got to showcase a lot of that, so more people know now. But um, I would say yes, and I will fix you a beautiful house that you can move to. You just let me know. (laughs) So um, hopefully congratulations on the divorce. I I much prefer that to, oh, I'm so sorry because you probably did it for a good reason. And um, best of luck, and hopefully we see you in Indy soon. Um, And our last question is from Charlotte. Hi, Mina. My name is Charlotte. And I was just wondering. No, Jay. Jay. No, you cannot see that. I'm I'm, I'm trying to ask a question. Hi, Mina. Hi, Mina. Um, I was just wondering, since I follow you on the socials. No, it's not Mina from music. Um, I follow you on socials. And I have noticed in the comments sections, like an awful lot of just super creepy people saying really creepy things. Like not enough to report them, but still weird. And I was just wondering, (laughs) how do you mentally cope with um, all of the both negative and just weird things that people say to you on the internet? Um, Thanks. That is an excellent question. Um, One I get asked a lot. Uh, Also, I love that your daughter thought you were talking to Mina from Sing. If you guys haven't seen Sing, it's the elephant. She's amazing. Her name's Mina. Um, and it, your house sounds like mine. I'm on the phone and Charlie's like, let me see. I'm like, it's not FaceTime, boo. I'm just on the phone. <laughs> so super cute. But uh, as far as the internet, early on, it was harder than it is now. I think partially because I've gotten used to it, but also just because I've gotten older and I have more perspective. Like that doesn't matter. It really reflects less about me than it probably does about the person making the comment. Um, that being said, I get a lot of dudes that regularly comment, regularly, you know, slide into my DMs and just say weird stuff, like things I can't even say on here. And to those ones, like there's a couple of people that have gotten blocked or restricted, but a lot of them are just dweeby things. And I have actually, you know, commented back to a couple of people, also some women who have just been real trolly. Um, but there's this was one guy I messaged back because he said, you know, six things in a row I didn't respond. And he was like, you know, I just I know I would never say this to your face if I ran into you in person. I just and then kept going on. And I I responded and I said, you know, maybe think think that through then. Maybe engage with people on these various social platforms like you were speaking to them face-to-face because obviously you have this sense of propriety. You're just choosing not to use it because you feel like the natural consequence of saying this to this person face-to-face doesn't exist because you aren't. You're on social media. And 
That's something that the platform allows for. But just food for thought, bro. Maybe act like you aren't hiding behind a keyboard. Um, I think you'll be, you'll like yourself a little more. And, you know, he uh, messaged back and was like, oh my gosh, you actually messaged me. I like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, it's cool. It's cool. Just know that like, yeah, not everyone has the opportunity to like read all their messages. I definitely don't get to read all mine, but I try to keep up with them. So I did stumble upon this and you're kind of being a weirdo. So just be cool. And the other thing that I think is hilarious, and this is on social media, this is walking down the street, the people that holler or that say, you know, can I get your number? Can I, can I touch your booty? Whatever, particularly in person. I'm like, did that? I feel like that had to work at least once for so many of you, for in my case, men, to be continually doing it so regularly. And I just can't imagine in what scenario it worked because it's never worked in my world. It's never, I've never been, you know, walking between my store and the office and someone hollering at me being like, girl, let me get your number. And I'm like, yeah, bro, it's 555-286-2992. Call me. Like it just, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So maybe they're playing, you know, just playing the odds. If they do it often enough, you know, they'll get one in a thousand success rate. But uh, I think honestly what hurts me more is when it gets personal. There's been a couple comments. It's less the creepy ones because I don't take them seriously. But the ones where moms uh, tell me that I'm not a good role model for their daughters or, God, this happened two days ago. I have, uh, this is silly, but I have a tree guy who I, he actually grew up two doors down from me and we weren't really friends or anything, but as adults, he cuts down trees. I need trees cut down and he's done a lot of work for me and he's my favorite tree guy. And as the company has gotten busier and there are more people between me and the actual subs, I lost touch of, you know, what subs we're using, how we are acquiring bids. And there definitely is a sense of loyalty in the construction business and that loyalty was not respected for a variety of reasons. Probably one time he wasn't available when we needed him, so we had to get someone else. And then that person was just at the forefront of our mind. So that's who my team called for the next job. And, you know, it, it shouldn't happen like that, but it probably did. And with the changes in my company, I'm, I'm back in more direct contact with the subs. And he's my sub. He's my tree guy. So I text him and I was like, hey, uh, one of my team members brought me this bid to cut some trees down. It's this. Can you beat it? And oh boy, did he lay into me. And it was, you know, way TLDNR, too long, do not read. But I mean, he clearly had a lot of feelings that were valid, 100% valid about don't hit me up like that. Don't, don't, you know, try to price match me, price gouge me. I have been there with you from the beginning. I, you know, respected you. I cared about you. I'd prioritize your jobs. I'd give you good prices. All true things. And then you just disappeared. And now you're going to come at me when you've been getting bids from other people and wanting me to jump on it and give you a better number. Like, that's just not cool. But in much lengthier words. And I think it's kind of like when your parents, they, they say like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just really disappointed in you. Those are the things that get me. And I messaged, I texted him back and I was like, I'm really sorry. Um, I can try to explain that I haven't been the point person, but I also, valid point, you know, the, the, the fish stinks from the head down. So whatever my team was doing was at my discretion 
And I said, I'm really sorry. I appreciate um, you telling me that. If you don't want to work with me anymore, I totally understand. I do share your contact a lot. So I would like to still be able to do that. Are you okay with that? Uh, to which I got crickets. So don't know the answer yet. But those are the things that that really get me and that are hard hard to shake off because they're real. Like whether his feelings, uh, they're real for him. Um, and this these moms that will see me say things or hear me, you know, do things and say, you know, I'm really bummed. I thought you were a good role model and you're not. Even though I know in my heart of hearts, it's not my job to be your daughter's role model. That's your job as parents. I also understand that there's a balance because with a platform comes a certain amount of responsibility. And while I wouldn't change any of my behaviors because I have a daughter and I think I'm a good role model for her, I also can't speak for other parents in what they're comfortable with. So those are the things that really kind of cut the deepest. And the creepy people, they just, they kind of roll off my back. The, the trolling women who say mean things are probably just in a rough space um, they may not even know they are. And I think a lot of times those comments are from people who think maybe want to like cut me down a peg or two because they think that I project this idea of like everything's easy and I've got it all figured out and, you know, I'm pretty and I have a TV show and I'm skinny and all these things. And so like life is great and life is easy for me. It's easy just to see that, which is why I think it's so important, particularly for me to use my social media platform, to use my real-life human interactions, and to use this podcast to show everyone all the sides because that's that's not the case. I am in like tragic turmoil all the time. Megan, who is one of my producers on this right now with me, can you know attest to that. There are a lot of days we come in and I'm like, oh, geez, I've, I've been crying. I don't know what's happening. Every, everything's falling apart. And that's very real too. So being able to share that with people I think helps humanize me because I am a human, you guys. I have kids. I have a husband. My husband and I fight. My kids are buttholes. Um, my family is really challenging and amazing. Work is so hard right now. I have all these very human problems. And I also understand that it's really easy to see people on social media just as the highlight reel that you usually see. So uh, perspective. That's how I try to handle it um, the best. So thank you for that question. Uh, those are uh, the four we have today. Again, hopefully, you know, now that we've done this episode, you guys see really ask whatever you want. I have very few boundaries. If you ask a question and I have a boundary about it, I'll still read the question and I will share as much as I'm comfortable with sharing, which is probably all of it. Um, but yeah, just go to the link in the show notes. You can record the question. It's super easy. No one's ever going to, you know, uh, dig up your email and contact you and say, that was a stupid question. Why did you ask that? Or that was inappropriate. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, inappropriate doesn't exist in the Mina AF world. So again, thank you for the great questions. Uh, ladies, all ladies. Guys, you can drop in too and leave a voicemail. Um, but thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, Go to the link in the show notes. Again, super easy. We do have a bunch of interior design related questions that I'm definitely going to do a whole episode on. I'll probably get MJ on here with me. So we'll do that soon. Very excited. And do not forget to hit subscribe so you guys never miss an episode. And I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.